This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Basically. I'm your host, Stephanie Preisner, and with me in studio today, I have Robert Whelan uh, from Rockwell Financial. Robert, thank you so much for coming in. How are you? Um, I think it's always a good idea for people to just take stock of their finances and, and how to do it best. But I have to say this is sort of a, a personal one for me because I have to change my mortgage and I don't know what to do. So I was like, let's get Robert back in because he's the only one with all the answers. But we have a lot of listener questions as well. So we're going to get through a load of stuff today. Brilliant. Um, I guess in no particular order, right? But we'll start with sort of mortgage related because of my vested interest in the topic. It just seems impossible for some people. How can people save for a house? Like, is there any hope for first-time buyers at the moment? It seems hopeless. It, it really is, isn't it? <laughs> um, there's two sides to this. Um, hope comes in the form of, will will you eventually get a property? Yes. Uh, where will it be? What type of property will it be? That's the real question. And the dis- the, the overriding emotion that everyone feels is a lack of hope. And from our perspective, in terms of engaging with clients daily, weekly, what you're finding is they're extraordinarily well resourced. They have a deposit. They um, can comfortably afford to meet their new mortgage repayments. They've done their calculators and go, oh, my God, for most people, their mortgage repayment is coming in about 40% less than the rent they're paying, particularly if they're in Dublin. Which is shocking. Like. Yeah, honestly. So like, the big thing was always like, oh, am I going to be able to pay a mortgage? And I was like, a mortgage is grand. Just need to get the bloody thing. Right? Yes, yeah. So the hope, unfortunately, and I'm the wrong guest for this one because ultimately it's the Minister for Housing. It's not even the, Truthfully, it's not the Minister for Housing. It's the Minister for Inflation. It's the Minister for Supply Chain. Yeah. It's the Minister for Labour because the the hope that's there, that will ha- what will happen is a lot of the construction labour from our contacts and different estate agents and construction companies, a lot of the construction labour left during COVID and they didn't come back. And those that returned from the East, predominantly Eastern Europe, uh, went to the UK. So we have a dramatic labour shortage in the market right now. And that's the major constraint. So like literally not enough people to build the houses. This is my, money isn't going to solve this. We need, we literally humans. need humans. We need humans and we don't have enough of them. And that's, so in terms of first time buyers, Say I'll come to some tips in a second, but it's almost there's because I I have clients who are big developers, I have clients who are, as in from my financial planning perspective practice, and I have clients who are estate agents, I have clients who are economists, I have clients who are um, farmers. I'm here and I'm getting them from all sides. It's labour. So we what we badly need is uh, a ma- again. This is the anti-Brexit. Um, 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 uh, manifesto we need loads of immigration we need lots of new people coming in here to this country with lots of construction skills once we get that there's no there's no end of money there there's no end of appetite there to actually do the construction there's no end of land there millions of acres of you know places to build just no people to build them so there's no hope that it's going to happen under there's no point lying there's no there's nothing coming around because we don't have literally the people to build them so even if you do get a mortgage actually getting a property is another issue then yeah actually that, that absolutely and that is the cha- getting a mortgage now is the easy part honest to god People are getting approved, no problem. Yeah, like again, I, I hate to counter a, a, a narrative, but the banks are mad keen to lend. Right. They are making no money unless they lend. 
that's the, the only way banking as a, as an industry in Ireland is now pretty much mortgaged this, they're all mortgage institutions with a bit of wealth management yeah. so they're not making money unless they're literally giving it out people aren't borrowing most uh, car finance is not done directly through banks anymore it's done through the car finance companies who have their own institutions personal loans the credit union are cleaning up on that front apparently have that money are moving into it so from Bank of Ireland AAB PTSB Ulster etc it's all about mortgage so they want to get it out there mm-hmm. The central bank rules are an issue, particularly for people buying in Dublin, which means you can only get a three and a half times the combined income of both parties. Yes, which is an issue because huge you'd want issue. to be on huge money to afford it. Particularly in Dublin. in Dublin. Yes, absolutely. And the last time I was here, which was literally two years ago last week. Oh my God. I swear to God. And I was looking over my notes from that and I was saying, go out and buy now. Believe it or not. That yeah. was my advice because don't wait if you have the money by now, don't be waiting. Don't rent forever. Rent's a fool's game. Don't save. People for obviously f- listened to you and grabbed up all the houses. That Hopefully were they did. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there was one particular couple had a hundred thousand that were saying, "Do we stay renting or buy it?" I was going, "Buy now." I hope they didn't. They didn't stay renting, but rent up twenty percent. But the the for first time buyers, it's like this: you've got to make a decision that you've got to buy the best available property you can as soon as you can. There's no house price crash coming. We need people worried about house prices crashing. In 2007, we put 92,000 residential units on the market, as in we constructed 92,000 houses and apartments in 2007. We'll do 21,000 last year. No, shocking. So we what ha- what led to the Celtic Tiger crash was we built too many too many prop too many of the wrong type of properties in the wrong area. <laughs> Ghost estates. Yeah. That's not the problem now. So, but there you, are no ghost estates really anymore, are they? They're all full now. Yeah, of course. If they're if they were built well. Yeah, if they were built, if not, they were knocked down. Yeah. But from the so hope for first time buyers, I say I have to give them hope. There are properties available. I, I the last exercise I did because I talked about hope, and yeah. I picked three properties all under three hundred grand. It was a place in Smith. How place in Smithfield less than three hundred grand? I was listening yeah. to that. Fact. Shocking, <laughs> right. like the figures. Right, and it exists. I hope someone did buy that bloody place. But 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 it's 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 about the. I suppose, and this is where it's kind of like I sound like you know boomer, right? And there's a gentleman I don't want to be associated with him. who said, buy in million miles from where you want. It'll be grand. It's all about buying the property that suits your needs right now. And from our perspective, the biggest challenge we have when we're giving, say, coaching advice to mortgage clients is this is not your forever home. Please stop thinking of this property as your forever home. It's going to get you on the ladder. It's it's called a ladder for a reason. Pay down your own debt. Mortgage interest is not a big drama. Your mortgage repayment, you just told me your mortgage repayment isn't going to be a problem. So pay down your own debt. Get on the ladder get into the property that meets your needs right now and then worry about the three bed or the four bed semi-D when you have a couple of kids and a dog if that's what at the moment you're just two sing, you know you're two two people. two people in the middle so buy the place that meets your needs so I'm just saying there are properties available right now I wasn't going to do the same exercise again but they are there and a lot of the same examples I gave are there genuinely there are properties there but they just need to grasp the nettle and just go for it and go no I know my ideal house is a three-bed semi-D in Rathcar. It is, but that's 900,000. So can we just get a one-bed for 300,000 that meets your needs right now? It'll be fine. It's not going to depreciate in value. You'll buy in it, you'll live in it, and when you're ready to move, you'll sell it because someone else will come along and you trade up. But at least you're not caught in the trap of rent. That is the Yeah, because big... otherwise like you're going to be renting until you can afford a three-bedroom okay. house in Rathgar. 
which is probably going to be never. And rents are increasing at a greater rate than mortgage interest. You have to, this is my point the last time, was there's a great there's a risk with remaining as a renter because you're completely at the behest of the market. So your landlord decides to sell up, you're out. Yeah, and there's not a lot of rental properties now. Either. It's impossible. Yeah. And you're looking at maybe a 20% increase. God, I'm constantly caught in this thing. So it's time to jump off the treadmill, buy the best place you can that meets your needs. And it's more about location than property. Again, my generation, I'm 45 this year, we drove around Port Leash and Kildare and Wicklow into these estates. Oh, sure, it'll be grand living here, even though we were all coming from living in a, in a flat in Ranala or in yeah. town. Oh, it'd be grand living out in the burbs. We made massive mistakes. That was, the, that was the problem with the Celtic Tiger generation. We're just, we have to get on the ladder and it was, oh, grand. The first time you may have village visited the place was when you went to look at the house. Yes, you had okay. no idea what the social situation was in the place. So find your ideal location, buy the best property you can, even if it's barely, you know, it's not A-rated. It'll be grand. Just get into Wear it. Wear a different hoodie. Wear more layers. <laughs> so Jesus my, Christ, I sound like um, Sean Fleming. <laughs> Well, what was it? Shop around. Shop around. So yeah. pick, like, pick a place that you want to live and yes. buy the most. Um, and they, they are there. Honestly, they are. First even, time buyers. What if they're like fixer uppers though, and you can't get tradesmen? Isn't that an issue? And that is so, of course. So if, if it's a fixer upper, then it's not suitable for you unless you're capable of fixing, fixing it, up, it up, yourself. up yourself. But there's a degree of fixer upper. Like I was laughing. I met a client recently who uh, grew up in Leinster Road in Rathmines, and I was saying, God, I probably annoyed your parents because I lived in a flatland in college in Leinster Road Rathmines in mid to late 90s and he was saying God you know I said God the places we lived in they were dreadful yeah right. <laughs> they were grand they did you well like it's fine yeah but they were grand yeah. do you know so that's all okay so our next question then is about me switching mortgages <laughs> how easy is it how much does it cost I am demented from it like I really don't want to have to do it because it feels like a lot of work but I'm with Bank of Ireland at the moment and I'm coming off a fixed rate into a variable and it just feels like like I just did a quick uh, Google on Switcher and looking around and you you guys on Twitter and Avant Money seems to be like the most cheap one that I yeah. can find. But a lot of people, when I tweeted it, were like, oh, give us a call. Like, we'll sort you out. I work for EBS or I work for this thing. And I was like, oh, God, it's like cowboy land. I don't know what to do. I just wish Bank of Ireland would match Avant Money and then I could just Make say, it easy for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Oh, um, <laughs> so, first question. How easy is it? Two hours, seven minutes. Two hours and seven minutes. Two hours and seven minutes. Have you got two hours and seven minutes? It depends on what those things involve. Like, I don't have two hours and seven minutes to go to toe-to-toe Mike Tyson. Like, I'm not no. going to last. <laughs> it's you, a laptop, a pot of tea, yeah, a kitchen table, and no distractions. Okay. That's all. What do I have to do for those two you hours? You have to have a checklist beside you. And you go, right, number one item, I need to supply evidence of income. Right, go into email your accountant. Or if you're employed, email HR with a salary slip. Okay. Tick. Next one. Evidence of savings, online banking, print statement. Next up, just go through your checklist. The reason I say it's two hours, seven minutes, is as I switched last year myself and, and I literally stopped the clock and I did it. And I'm self-employed, as you know yourself. Yeah. The requirements there are absolute pain because you've got accounts and this, that, banking, your own personal accounts, your company accounts, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Two hours, seven minutes. So, and what does it save you? So on a 250,000 euro mortgage, a typical saving, which is a half a percent, We'll save you 40,000 euros in interest. That's a lot of money, isn't it? You have to earn 80 to get 40. Yeah, I mean, it definitely make, means that like two hours and seven minutes is worth it. Well, as I said, the client. Can my husband do it? Absolutely. Anyone can do it. You can. Anyone can do it. 
But can you, like, can can someone do it for you? Like, can yeah. you not ring up the new people that are going to earn money from you and be like, hey, Avant Money, I want to switch to you, sort it out? They, uh, there is a market there eventually for like a concierge service, but the problem is GDPR, because I actually looked into this. Okay. Because so. we would love to provide this service. So if a client said to us, listen, I want to do everything, but I just can't be bothered dealing with it. It wrecks my head. But they'd have to then log into your online banking and all that kind of nonsense and, and they know, can't do that. No, absolutely not. Now, eventually, with the blockchain, uh, maybe, but no, at the moment, um, it's simply not feasible. It makes total sense. It should be It should be the easiest thing in the world to do. And honestly, there is, that is one of the benefits of the blockchain. And some of the technologies coming down the train, pardon the pun, from the States, is um, whereby processes such as this will be made a hell of a lot easier. And with the mortgage, how do I first of all decide where I'm going to... Ah, see, that's the real question. Because sometimes it isn't always to do with the best rate. Right. Because even the best rate, for instance, that I... Uh, I suppose you've mentioned one brand, so I'll keep going. Avant are grand in theory, and I'm not slagging them off. And I'm from Avant, please don't tweet me. Um, but their underwriting criteria are quite tight. What does that mean? It means that you have to be squeaky clean and everything has to be spotless and there's a certain criteria in order to qualify for that rate. Okay. okay? So I'm not saying, and this is about you obviously, Stephanie, but in general, it's, and you have to have a certain loan to value to qualify for that, et cetera, et cetera. So there are a couple of variables I'm not saying, but that they're not, great but they they have underwriting criteria and this is the point about getting advice and I'll do a plug for mortgages here and mortgage brokering in general there is honestly not all mortgages are equal and there are reasons why for paying an extra 0.1% on the face of it you'd be better off going with another bank just because they might give you the money and the others won't Yes, honestly okay. it could come down to that not in your case but in general right Yeah. so back to switching how easy is it is 2 hours 7 minutes I say to the clients what do you make per hour you're making 20 grand an hour. If not, then you can justify doing this. Uh, how costly is it? Freeze the wrong term to use. They will pay you to switch. So once you switch, you will have to re-engage your solicitor and do conveyancing, right? Oh God, you see now I'm like, this isn't <laughs> two hours and seven minutes. This is re-engaging a solicitor to do conveyancing. And then they do it for you. Okay, Honestly, grand. yeah, a good solicitor will just, particularly a switcher, it's, it's not the same as a new mortgage. Can you just ring your sister and be like, I want to switch mortgages, will you do it for me? Can you ring the solicitor you originally engaged to do the mortgage for and say, I'm going to do a switcher? I'm not even with the same solicitor anymore. Okay. Oh, God. (laughs) Now what's going to happen? Do I have to go back to that old solicitor? No, I'm just saying to make it as easy as possible, you could go back to the old one. But you're going to have to engage a new one now. Ten minutes meeting in town, honestly. Do we have to meet in person? Can they ring me? I think you do have to meet. I think it's like a law society thing. I'm not a lawyer. Okay, Grant. But, yeah, but uh, but um, uh, but it's not a big drama. Honestly, the, the, all they want to do is bring you in because uh, the the contract will just all they want to do is make sure you understand the terms of the contract, right? Okay. That you're taking out a mortgage. Yeah, sign here. Done. It's it's not like the new property where there's expiration of title and all this. It's all been done. Well, then I definitely want to get a mortgage. Like, should I go then on a fix? I don't want to have to do this again. So can I go on a fixed rate? Well, that was the next I was going to come to. So, but just cover off the cost. Typical solicitor fee, 1,500 quid to two grand. Depends. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, right, mm. go on. But they'll all give you at least, th- any bank worth switching to will give you at least three grand. To move there? Yeah. So covering the solicitor's fees? Some banks will give you 2% of the mortgage. Right. So let's okay. just say, again, it's 250,000 euros, for instance. You'll get 5,000 from the bank for switching. Right. So your switcher fees are two grand. You'd have to pay a valuer 170 quid typically to revalue the property. 
again, it's just the, this just seems the broker like does all this for you. Honestly, you don't have to do that. The broker arranges the what broker. Um, us if you want but any good yeah. broker so, but like now I'm engaging you I'm engaging a solicitor I just want someone to do it for me okay so if I come to you and I'm like I need to switch mortgages yes. what information do you need from me the checklist okay all that information all the paperwork I mean we checklist. should probably talk about this off air because I will go to you <laughs> but like this is boring people to listen to um, okay so th- so that's the smartest way to switch smartest just way to switch but just switch and sorry fixed rates very quickly Yes, you should fix. Why? Because fixed rates at the moment are far more attractive than variable. Far more. Far more. And it can get really attractive three and five year fixed uh, rates at the moment. Very attractive rates. Okay. Yeah. Will you get me one of them? Sure. Great. Um, <laughs> we can talk about that again. So this is a listener question. We have a deposit, but we're concerned about where house prices are going. Should we buy now or wait till later? Okay, you answered that. It's yeah. like absolutely buy now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that's kind of the end of the mortgage situation. But I have questions from people about financial planning. Just, sure. you know, and this is something that I am concerned about all the time. I kind of am like, oh, the future might never come. <laughs> Vladimir Putin's being psychotic and <laughs> I don't need a pension. Um, but what are the biggest financial concerns that people are facing, okay, so I'm in my 30s, but let's yes. start with 20s and then yes. we'll go as far as 50s. It's, it's, it's been such, uh, COVID has given everybody a great opportunity to sit back, relax and reflect. Yeah. And it's, it's, so if you talk about people in their 20s, their concerns, like I remember, I was like 20 years ago, but I remember it was like my 20s and their concerns are very different to what mine were, genuinely. They are legitimately concerned about getting on a housing ladder because it's they need that hope. Yeah. Um, they're less concerned about work than I was. They're very confident about getting employment. That's yes. not, that, that's never. But we're at like full employment here. Absolutely, so, but yeah. even, but I said a child of the eighties, you know, half your leaving sir, half your brother's leaving sir class emigrated. You know what I mean? Right. Was, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a different mindset. But their primary issue is housing. It is. It is. It is housing. There's no getting away from it. But. They and it's interesting because obviously uh, we sponsored a podcast and we're offering this fin- complimentary financial planning session. And the biggest question they ask me is, and, and it's the same in their thirties. I can't save. That's their overriding concern. I can't save. But is that not because rent is so high, or no. is it because we have a lifestyle of Here like justeat.ie and so everyone says so the people in their twenties, and this is how I use the example. They go, "Oh my god, like I've we've been we're now got our deposit because of COVID." And I go, yeah, why do you think that is? Oh, we couldn't go out. I said, what do you think you spend drinking or going for a bite to eat? It was holidays. Right, okay. And I said, what do you mean? I said, typically what would you do? You'd have a weekend in the spring. You'd do a, maybe a week in the summer, a week in May, two weeks in July or August. There'd be a holiday, a, a stag or a wedding or a hen. There'd be another break and maybe a break. I said, every time you go, you've got flight, hotel. Everyone forgets about spending money. That's the thing, because it's like, well, the flights were only 50 euros to like yeah. Venice Treviso. And you're like, yeah, but then you have to pay for the hotel yeah. and then the drinks. And, and then and it's like, sure, I'm on my holidays, so you're just buying everything you want. It was holidays. Everyone thought it was because we weren't going to go for a pint. Alcohol sales went to the roof. It wasn't because of that. Yeah. As in off sales. It was entirely because we could not travel. We spend an enormous amount of our time on our own leisure. Gyms were closed. We couldn't go to the gym. If you used a personal trainer, that's what could be a couple of hundred quid a month for some people. Again, back in their pockets. Yeah. So if so, when I talk about hope and I talk about first-time buyers to give full circle, I go, 
Well, there it is. How did you get your deposit? You lived like a Spartan for two years. You didn't travel. You didn't buy the new Guna Jazz for the wedding. You, you know, it, yeah. it was what it was. You just... And but it had, is a bit easier in a pandemic because a you don't percent. feel like you're sacrificing anything. It's not Lent. It wasn't Lent for two years. Like, True. You know? Absolutely. But, but this is the point. But it's... Nothing in life comes easy. Yeah. You know, um, it's... If there is a bit of sacrifice involved in it, well, then there is a bit of sacrifice involved in it. You know, like you have to pass through the wilderness in order to get to the promised land. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's, there's no, but that is, so there, that was the, the pandemic effect and their primary concern is housing, but a capacity to save. But when you point out to them how easy it was to save when they just didn't have the capacity to spend. Yes. Okay. So it's about like kind of replicating the pandemic if you want. If to you save. want. If you don't, fine. I always say, people say to me about behaviours and financial planning. I say, do whatever makes you happy as long as it's not catastrophic to your finances. Taking a break from the episode to bring you an ad because this podcast is only possible because of our sponsor. Supporting our sponsor supports the podcast. And let me tell you about who they are. Rockwell's financial planning service is designed for anyone who feels as if they kind of need to just put a shape on their finances. I don't know if you're like me, you kind of feel like, oh, my finances are all over the place. I need to kind of start adulting. This is the service for you. Whether you're like a senior executive in a multinational company or a small business owner or just a young couple looking to get a head start in your financial planning, a single person who wants to make plans for their future, So they consider themselves financial doers rather than financial planners, which I really like because it's active. It's not just like um, namby-pamby sort of making a plan. doesn't matter where you are in the country. They're happy to help you in person or over Zoom. Pensions and investments are really important, but they're absolutely useless without knowing why you're using them and what you're using them for. They are in the outcomes business. They are in the business of results. So it's not just about the plan, it's about the action. So they use this like award-winning investment advice to help their clients achieve their goals. And they have a special offer for you listening right now, for Basically listeners. If you go to rockwellfinancial.ie forward slash basically, you can book a complimentary financial planning session today. You'll get a cash flow model which outlines any gaps in your finances and they'll give you the first steps to achieving your specific goals. I highly recommend Rockwell and I think as a Basically listener, you should definitely check it out. It's free. It's going to put you on the right path to getting your finances in order. That's it. Go to rockwellfinancial.ie forward slash basically. So while I have you, I'm going to take the opportunity to um, take you hostage for a minute and tell you about the merchandise that we are selling. We have notebooks and pens, which are branded with the basically branding and you should buy them. You should buy them because it's a lovely notebook. Who doesn't need a notebook? If you are a Headstuff podcast member, if you buy the notebook, you get the pen for free. It supports me. It supports the podcast. It supports the producers, the people who work on the show and means that we can continue to make these podcasts and give them to you for free. If you want to become a Headstuff podcast member, if you get a lot from the podcast and you think, God, I'd like to support Stephanie and the podcast, you can become a Headstuff podcast member for €5 Euro plus that. Uh, or you can give more if you want to. Go to headstuffpodcast.com and you can click register there and you pick a podcast. You can pick up to three podcasts. If you pick three podcasts, what happens there is that the €5 Euro that you're giving gets split between the three podcasts that you're supporting. Or you can pick just one podcast, say you pick my podcast, then you'll get my bonus material for free and all of the bonus material for all of the other podcasts on the network. 
So it's a really, really good deal. Five euro, all of these special podcasts. So if you want to do that, do it. I'll be very, very grateful. The people who are in the community, the Headstuff podcast members are my favourite people. They support the podcast. They mean that you can listen to this podcast for free. It's five euro a month. I'm going to stop talking now, but I really appreciate your support. Thank you. Oh, and also, if you cannot afford to support the podcast, but you want to support the podcast, you can also give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a good review or share the podcast with two other people. That's it. Just send the podcast to two other people who will listen to it, who you think will benefit from it. That helps to get our listeners up, which helps us get sponsorship. It's all how it works. And uh, yeah, I'd be really grateful if you do that too. Bye. Before we get into more amazing information from Robert Whelan, I need to remind you that the live show is tomorrow. It is tomorrow night at seven o'clock. It's going to be me. It's going to be PJ. It's going to be Panty Bliss. It's going to be Luke O'Neill answering all of your questions, having the crack, have a few drinks, get some pictures with us. It's going to be so much fun. There are a few tickets left and you can get them at smockalley.com that's S-M-O-C-K-A-L-L-E-Y if you do get them please message me let me know you're coming I cannot wait to meet you all it's your last chance go, go, go happiness should be your or your return on investment or what you do yeah. be happy you know but as long as it's not catastrophic and if you're happy with your lot and you're happy with whatever circumstance you have and you're spending spend spend away absolutely right. and so that's people in their 20s 30s is uh, again it's it depends. Kids, no kids. Uh, people with kids are uh, very concerned about uh, how they're going to be able to afford to continue the lifestyle they had before kids with, with kids. kids. Okay. Yeah. And kids education and uh, you get into the late 30s when we get there yet. That's keeping up the Joneses. Big problem in Dublin and actually regionally. Um, but um, Just trying to have the things other people have. Yeah, the neighbour got the car, I got to get the car, etc. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, and again, it's it's... It's less housing and more to do with the, 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 the lifestyle requirement. They're not really thinking about retirement at all or pensions or anything like that. Absolutely not. It's rare, very rare. Yeah, well, that's good to know because I'm not thinking about those things. Because <laughs> I don't then have say they shouldn't be. I don't care what should happen. <laughs> so in their 40s then when they come to you? Yeah, it, that's, that's when people start thinking about retirement. But is that the point at which you're like, well, now you're in your 40s, it's too late. You should have both thought about this a decade ago. No, because it's never too late. Absolutely not. Or too early. Well, it's never too early either, honestly, no. But um, no, the primary concern for people in their 40s is disposable income and making the most of it. They're making a bit more. Kids have they've factored in the cost of childcare now. Maybe the kids are out of crash. So, you know, that initial drain on the resources may have been gone, but there's something else fills that gap. So they're all about how do I, I have a bit of extra capital here, how do I put that to use? That is generally the number one concern. We're not flying it, we're not loaded. We just yeah. have, when you take income minus expenses and debt, there's a bit left over. And what do we do with what that? What do we do with that? Yeah, absolutely. That's the number one concern. Yeah. And what, will we get to the answers to those things? And then in their 50s? Oh, it's all about retirement. All about like pensions and... Yeah. And health. Health. Like insurance or just... Um, yeah, am I adequately insured? Uh, what happens to me if I get sick? What happens if I die? Um, am I adequately prepared? Can I continue working? People think that because the government say you get a state pension, 66, whatever age, they figure it they out. They decide it, yeah. yeah um, that that's the end of it for them. And all I, 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 I bore them to tears about the capacity to, if you love working and you want to keep working, keep working. Yeah, you know, you don't. I think that retirement thing is so bananas because when that was set up first, like the the time the the year that the act 
the, the law was brought in about like retirement age. The average age of a man that year was 68 years old. So you had basically like two years mm. of retirement. Mm-hmm. And now the average age is over 80. What are you meant to do for like 20 years of mm-hmm. retirement? I really think it needs to be changed. But then obviously there are people who are tired and exhausted and have done labour so totally and that's fine yeah like gosh that's that, it's about choice mm-hmm. but don't feel compelled to have to leave absolutely so a lot of people are worried about that as they get in because kind of I don't want to I'm fit I'm healthy I'm I don't want to stop exactly yeah, yeah do yeah. I have to stop as long as you look for permission why do you have to stop but you, do you get the state pension only if you do retire or do you get the state pension at 66 even you if you keep working of course that's such a waste of a resource like they really need to curb that. What a nonsense. Okay. So um, the next question that came in is about kind of like me and the mortgages, but just the increased cost of living, yeah. the price of electricity, mm-hmm. different like people are asking me about like bin providers, all mm. the sort of direct debits. Should people be doing the two hours and seven minutes <laughs> at their laptop of like, I should switch all these things? I think there's we all know that one person in our life who is brilliant at this stuff. Like well, it's not me, <laughs> Robert. It's not me. But you know what I mean? There's always like, and they're just on top of it. Yeah. And what it does is it addles the rest of our heads because we're going, why can't I be like them? Because you're busy, because you don't prioritize it. And that's fine. So don't, first thing I said, don't beat yourself up because not every month you're on bonkers.ie having a go and say, I can switch, I can save 0.28 cent per unit, da, 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 right? My advice is very simple. Is it worth shopping around? Of course it is. Right, of course it is. It's not as adv- it's not as it's not as big a saving as people as you'll see in the media. To say the God's honest truth, yeah. because they're kind of like it's kind of like me coming on your show and saying, I can save you uh, four hundred a month on your mortgage repayment. Well, I can if I take the most expensive mortgage in the market and the cheapest mortgage in the market and present and switch it. Switch one to the that's other. What I'm trying to say, but that's not real. So there are real savings available, but. You know, and I, but and and by the way, there are people out there who are paying ridiculous mortgage rates, and they're not on discounted rates for electricity and gas. So I would say to everyone, this: I have one day of the year, switcher day. Oh God! Okay. <laughs> one day, it's it, it's in the calendar. One day of the year, and it's where you switch everything. That's when I do everything: my health insurance, my. Uh, do you switch health insurance? I shop around. Okay. Yeah. 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 I might not switch, but I'll shop. Around. I always ring up. And, I, you know, you give the usual, um, what's the closest equivalent corporate plan you have to my plan and how much can you charge me for it? That's by like a, it's like a secret code word language. What's the closest plan? Uh, Dermot Good's brilliant by uh, yeah. uh, uh, this stuff. Um, He's yeah. saving, like we did an episode with him and people yes. mess me all the time being like, I just saved my parents two he grand. Is, Dermot is honest to God. He's a guru. He's, he's like, like an encyclopedia. He's though. unbelievable. Like he's like, yeah, he, anyway, he's amazing. And uh, uh, I heard this, he said, it's 15 years ago, he said it to me. I was like, oh, I remember that. So that's just, what's the closest plan you have in a corp that's closest to the cover I have? Because they're obligated to tell you and give you the price. So I do that every year. So I just have one day and I get it done. I don't think about it then the rest of the year because okay. I've I've locked into my kind of renewals. You know, I, I think, think I'll I, just get my husband to listen to this and be like, "Will you just do all this for us?" But I, it is worth doing. It genuinely is worth doing. But don't knock yourself out because you saw some over a discount. Just easy. The whole thing is about behavior. Yeah. Human behavior is really what drives decisions and outcomes. So 
I'm terrible at this stuff. That's why I have to calendar it. Okay, yeah, because otherwise you just won't. I won't do it. And I'm in the business. I won't do it because I just, I'll get to that, I'll get to that. You know, long fingerditis, I'll get Mm -hmm. to that. But if I put it in the diary, because that's my personality type is if it's not in the diary, it didn't happen. So it goes in the diary. It has to happen. It has to happen, yeah. Um, So what is the most, I guess, the the not the simplest way, but like the most effective way to achieve your financial goals, depending Uh, on what they are? And should you be hiring someone because some people you ask that question like I don't know what my financial goals are just to be rich maybe it's like well that's not very specific yeah let me see if I can save people a couple of thousand euro here ask yourself what's your overriding financial objective and think don't answer it immediately just go okay my overriding financial objective what's the most important thing to you today financially whatever it is answer that to yourself now You've now gone 90% of the way to sorting out your financial planning needs. Because once that is dealt, you've identified it, then you may need help and you talk to someone like me or an advisor, whatever the case may be, to actually address that. But that's the first question I and ask. And what kind of answers could those be? I want to save for a house. Right, okay. I need to move house. I'm in a house with two kids in a two-bed apartment. We're going off our head. I'm panicked about retirement. Um, I'm very concerned that my kid has special needs and I might not have adequate provision in place to look after them if something happens to me. Um, my um, my mum is going into care. I don't have the money to pay for it. How am I going to do it? There's, there's, I can give, okay. there's so many answers I got in the last couple of months. Yes. But I, I kick off every session with that question because it gets to the number of the problem very quickly. And does that matter that like for some of those questions that you said, like the answers are very short term, like I need yeah. to get out of my house now. And some of them are like, I want to be able to retire at this age. There's no wrong answer. OK, OK. It's your, this is my point. It's This is the point what I hate about cookie cutter financial advice. It's entirely personal because it financial stress is a real issue. And I genuinely believe it's because people are seeing stuff on the internet, TV, whatever the case may be. We all have to conform to something. You don't. You have to do what makes you happy and your needs must be met so a guy like me telling you how I can't believe you don't have a pension you know, this, that, that, that's nonsense from your perspective what is your overriding financial objective today the best advice I can give everybody just deal with that and then what you do you do the next thing okay so like once you've got that once you've sorted the house or once you've got the this, car or whatever but then people drive themselves mad with like any 10 goals no, one just one just start with one just the one thing. It's like me and trying to lose a bit of weight with COVID. I'm going, I can't go to the gym four days a week. The guy in the gym says to me, just come one day. <laughs> yeah, just get used to that. Just and then come we can one. <laughs> I kind of say the same thing myself so I understand it. But that's the point. Yeah. Just do one. And then when that's done, great. Do the next one. Don't think of 10 things to do because it'll wreck your because you won't get them done. Yeah. One thing at a time, one thing at a time. And that's the way we were. It's, it, it, I said to clients, it took you 10 years to get into this situation. We're not going to sort it in an hour. Yeah. But we'll get you out. Two hours and seven minutes. Two hours and seven minutes. Um, This is a question I feel like I shouldn't be asking because I feel like my brain is like, Stephanie, sort out the small stuff first and don't be, would you look too far? But is now a good time to invest in the stock market? I don't even know what the stock market is, but like, (laughs) should I be spending my money there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And actually, this is okay. I feel like it is a good time because the world's kind of in chaos and things might be cheaper. It depends what you're buying. Uh, I'll give you the short answer. It's never the wrong time, believe it or not as long as your time horizon is long. Okay. So, when with COVID, we all became aware. Initially, it was all, remember flatten the curve? We were all told, yeah. stay inside, flatten the curve. Stay inside. Two weeks. The, yeah, Dr. Luke was on your show every every couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> stay inside, flatten the curve. Right. 
risk is the same. Time flattens the risk curve, which basically what I'm trying to say to you is when you're investing, it looks very volatile up close. Yes. So when you're looking at the markets over a week, you go, good God, look at that thing. It's up and down like a heartbeat. But if you look at a market, a stock market over 20 years, it looks pretty much like it's a, growing a, stair, a staircase almost. Yes. Now, in there are massive drops and increases, but time, so time flattens the risk curve. So only invest in the markets today if you really don't see that you're going to need those assets those funds for at least five, seven, six, maybe ideally 10 years, right? Okay. Because if you, if you invest the money today and you look at it tomorrow, it could, could be less. It probably could. will be less tomorrow in the way the markets are. Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't need the money for five to 10 years, yeah. you'll probably get a good return on it. You or will. you definitely won't lose money. I, um, we can't say definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you're very good. Central bank, you're listening. Uh, no, but it, it is highly unlikely you would lose money. Uh, but forget about the, but like it's more about risk now, particularly with people with pensions, I say to all clients, even if you're a lower risk type of client, you buy your risk now because it's it's a great time to do it because there is a lot of volatility in the market. But I wouldn't be putting 100,000 in the stock market today or 20,000. I wouldn't put a lump sum in. I generally, unless I got, unless I either knew my own onions or I was working with someone who really understood their stuff. It's an extraordinarily volatile time. There are stocks and sectors that will do very well in times of war and in hyperinflation and all the dreadful things that are going on. Yeah. And there are other sectors that are going to tank. You just want to make sure you're on the right train. So okay. But is there not a way of like spreading it, you know, absolutely. these like 50-50, 60-40 yes, that like you're kind of safe enough? Because yeah. people that I know who do have investments, they don't really know what they're invested in. No, they have the notion. They just throw it into 200 companies and are like, all right, look, we'll hope for the best. Yeah, and that's fine because that's the fund manager's job. Okay, right. Yeah. So it's not like me sitting down for two hours and seven minutes and looking at, I think I'll give <laughs> 60 cent to Shell. And Do not do that. Do not. <laughs> okay. Um, I, so this is another listener question. I'm in a good job. I'm on a good salary, but I don't seem to be able to save money. How can I do this? Is this again about like living like you were in the pandemic? Honestly, uh, for every 10 meetings we had with your listeners, seven said this to me. Right. Okay. I swear to God. They have a good job. They've good money, but they can't save. Yeah. I feel like it's because of ASOS and online shopping. It is honestly. It was. It's. It's shopping. Honestly, it's, you're right. It's ASOS. It's. It's Amazon. It's. Which or, I think a lot of it for me anyway. It's just boredom. I just like every single day I go on Adidas's website and I'm like, I want new runners. So here's what you do. Yeah. All right. It's behavioral tip. Go in. Fill the basket. Hit. This is dangerous. Now go on. This is. But this is the way. This is yeah. right. Fill the basket. Hit checkout. And then turn it off. Then they'll ask me to add shipping and I'll turn it off. And that always happens to me. I'm like, Brilliant. five euro shipping? Absolutely not. That's why they don't charge for shipping anymore. Because the dopamine hit that we get is not, it's it's like, it's the filling the basket. Okay, so it's, yeah, because it does, so, like when it actually arrives, you're like, oh God, uh, what is this? Uh, next. Uh. It's honestly, fill the basket, X out a website, and now do you really need it? Because we'll go back in and say, I'll order it again now. Oh, I don't really need it now. Yeah, that's why I'll they make like, it so easy. I can't even remember what I ordered. There's a reason why Amazon have click this option Buy here. With one click. Oh yeah, because they know how many sales did we lose by people realizing do I need this or not. So honestly, it comes down to we get a dopamine hit from shopping. We're a consumer society. It is what it is. So just like go shopping, but don't actually buy the stuff. Honestly, yeah, Genuinely, yeah. That I mean, it. I do enjoy it. Yeah, and then if there's stuff that I'm like thinking about still the next day I'm yeah. like I actually really want that jumper Yeah, but it's, it rarely happens it's the same reason why you should never go food shopping when you're hungry 
Yeah, okay. you just pile all this crap into your trolley and I didn't really need all that but I guess it's just because the access like you're sitting like I never sit and watch television fully I'm always on my phone or yes. something and just the access to being being able to like shop online uh-huh. while doing something else not really even thinking about it and then mm-hmm. it arrives like so many times I have a ring doorbell you know the Amazon doorbell and a delivery man will ring the doorbell and I'll be out of the house and I'll be like, what am I ordered now? Like, and sometimes you see it'll be like a press drop so I haven't ordered anything. It's just like on post telling me that Adam King is releasing new whatever. Adam King has a new album. Um, but then sometimes I'm like, God, what did I order that doesn't fit in the letterbox? And that feels, I feel really guilty then. I'm like, God, what a little privileged Celtic Tiger cub I am. And honestly, that, it, it, that is the answer but it was, it blew me away that it was so prevalent. And like really, honestly, professional people, um, extraordinarily talented, smart, you know, great people. And this is just because, and so you tell them to do this. And I have lots of little tips and tricks. I have a, I have a couple, but like I, I bring it, I boil it all down to spending. It's right, just okay. simply, I said, you have the capacity to save. You're just choosing not to. And this is my point. I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to point just out. Point out. As in like, it's, it's, if you're happy, if this makes you happy, not obviously doesn't make me happy. Great. Now we have a breakthrough. Now well, here we go. Yeah. Next time, try this. Instead of doing it, just go, right. Uh, but the real thing is, um, um, with when it comes to um, credit cards and things like that, honestly, just... Get rid of them. No, get rid, no one gets rid of it. Do not save the cookies for the credit card. Do you know when so you, you go have in, to, yes, put it in every time. So you have time. to go, geez, where's my wallet, my purse? i got to get the thing. That so, actually does turn me off sometimes. Of course it does, because it's bother. I, I got a new card. <laughs> And so my old card is stored and I'm like, oh, I've, I've not bought a few things. I'm See? Like, oh, my card is in the <laughs> It works. I can't even think of what those things are, though. Um, so then once people are kind of saving. Yeah. It, do, it depends on what age bracket they're in, the financial advice that you kind of give them or what yeah. their goals are. Yeah, it does. But ultimately, the, the generic advice is six months take home pay in cash, current account, deposit account with the bank, Ready access, credit, wherever you, somewhere you can get access to it, no risk, everything else in the market. And if with that market thing, mm-hmm. if someone is like, I'm just thinking of me and my husband, mm-hmm. I would be very, very risk adverse. Like, yeah. I don't want any risk ever. Mm-hmm. I would like it in my mattress if that's possible. Yes. But he'd be like, ah, yeah, let's buy some Bitcoin. <laughs> um, how do you, and if, if our finances are together. Yeah. Like, how do you manage when there's two people involved and one of them is risk adverse and one of them is kind of very risky? Because which one of us is going to lose more sleep? Probably me. That's a brilliant question. One, you have to meet both of them together. Two, you try and find common ground. How you find common ground? I would say to you, Stephanie, Mm -hmm. you don't like risk. Mm -hmm. That's perfectly fine, perfectly normal, perfectly acceptable. You would like to save. Yes. What are you saving for? Well, I'd like to have a lifestyle in the future I'd like to maybe have a holiday home down in Cork wouldn't that be fantastic right <laughs> right? and then go grand are the houses in the area in Cork going up in price every year yes yes how much are they going up by percentage wise 3-4% right is the cost of living down in Cork going up every year yeah how much is that going up by well, it's just 5% whatever it is grand and what about holidays that you'd like to take? Is that Are those costs going up? Yes. It's f- so if the cost of what you're saving for is increasing at 4% a year or 5% a year, well, then you simply have an obligation. You have two choices. You can either continue in low risk mm-hmm. 
and save an additional. So you start off, say, at 100 quid a month mm-hmm. and then next year you do 110 and then compound it. Right. Or you invest it and you try and get a return that's at least matching the rate of inflation. Because if you don't, the purpose of what you are saving for, you won't be able to afford to actually buy it or experience it because you haven't saved enough. Because in 10 years time, the cost of what you were saving for has outgrown your actual savings because okay. you've had 10,000 in the bank for 10 years and it's now worth 10,010 10 euro. Whereas the cost was 10,000 10 years ago, now it's 20,000. Right. And you're going, I was saving for 10 years for this bloody thing. And now when I finally have the money to buy it, I can't buy it. Yeah, inflation. So are you better off then saving for 10 years to get the 10,000 euro? Then putting that into an investment for another 10 years to make it 20,000 or just can you put money into an investment every month or do you yes. have to lump some? No, you can put it in every month. Absolutely. But to come back to your question about yourself and your husband, because I think it's a really profound question because it does happen all the time. Right, okay. Sometimes it's a question of what's mine's mine, what's his is his. <laughs> And he can do what he wants. Absolutely. No, because if it goes down the swanny, he's going to be sharing my half. And well, then that's a conversation you have to have, not with me. But why are we not having it now? Being like, no, I'm not going to bankroll you if you make stupid decisions and invest in Dogecoin. <laughs> that's a very good point. But generally, sometimes, I'm said sometimes it comes down to that. Most time, like every marriage, there's compromise. There's genuine compromise. And it's like, but from my side... I'm not, I'm, I always say I'm never in the business of selling risk. I'm in the business of, of delivering optimal outcomes. Okay. So you look for the desired outcome when you work back. So what I say to you, Stephanie, you have a choice. You're saving for that. If you want that to happen, the, based on all my experience and all my research and all my advice, this is I, your, the preferred path. You're going to, have to take some risk. Now you have a decision to make. Either that is, you're comfortable now taking the risk because you are, seeing the risk as the cost of the, the upside. You're going, I live with the ups and downs because I know this is more important to me. I want this end goal, whatever that may be. And I live with the ups and downs because I know I'm not saving for today. I'm not saving for tomorrow. I'm saving for 10 years time. Or you go, no, I can't deal with that. I'm not doing that. And fine, you're happy. I'm back to being happy. You're now happy and content. Mm-hmm. And if your husband says, well, I'm not, I said, well, we, we'll make it work. There could be a happy medium there where you literally get a medium risk. But it, it's, I'm back to financial, because people have so much financial stress from COVID. It's, it's impacted on me and listening to clients and people involved in hospitality in particular. It just happiness. If if you're happy with your decision, you'll be fine. If you're not happy with it, it's going to come it's back and haunt you. Thing. Yeah. Um, we may as well do a live ad while we're here. So, uh, <laughs> Robert Whelan and Rockwell Financial are the title sponsors of the podcast. Um, do you want to tell them what is available to them for sponsoring the podcast? Yes, I would love to. Um, we are offering all listeners, as distinguished as you are, to the Basically podcast, a complimentary financial planning session. They're mostly with me. Um, and what we're doing in that session, it's half an hour to 45 minutes. We get a picture of your finances. I ask you that question. What's your overriding financial objective? You'll and if someone that. doesn't know, can you help them to of find I can. it? Great, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, absolutely. We're not just oh, you don't know. Buy, <laughs> buy on the Zoom. Eh? Um, um, no, of course we will. But um, and then what we'll say is try and give them a couple of goals, quick, some quick wins. Um, one particular couple came in to me, and I saved them. Genuinely, I saved them about two hundred thousand. They're about to make a really big mistake. Excuse me? I swear to God, yeah. On what? I mean, I, I can't know. say. Okay. But, uh, it was just, they'll know if they're listening. Uh, but, um, yeah, honestly, yeah, it was, it was great. I'm delighted. But said, geez, I didn't realise that. So, uh, it was a tax thing. So, the 
it can be anything. What, what, what I will give you, I'll give you 45 minutes of my time, which is very valuable. And uh, I'll give you my experience. I'll listen to you. I'll give you a couple of quick goals. We'll give you a basic financial plan that will set you off. From our perspective, I said to every client, I'll say it live here on air. This is all, from our side. This is all complimentary. What I want you to do is get a taste of it and go, I'd like more of that. Yes. And I'm happy to engage you going forward. But if you don't, and by the way, lots don't. No problem. It's fine. I know you'll come back to me. I always say, if you really were happy with me, write a Google review. We've got some great reviews from um, your listeners. So, again, it's great. Brilliant. Thank you so much for that. Not and problem. I will be, um, uh, well, I'll be on to you the minute we stop recording. <laughs> two hours, seven minutes. So, uh, two hours and seven <laughs> minutes trying to get my financial stuff in order. Uh, Robert Whelan from Rockwell Financial, thank you so much. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, we will have you back in again soon and answer more listener questions. Um, if you, yeah, so I would highly recommend that you take Robert up, up on that offer and it can be anything like something big, something small. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You're finding it difficult to save, you want to go on holiday, you need to get like financially independent from your mother, whatever it is, give Robert a call and uh, and he will sort you out. Thank you for listening to another episode of Basically. Our music is by Only Ruin, our graphic design is by Kahlo Gara. We are produced by Julie Hassett and we are part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.